0: Getting momentum from zero is almost always the hardest. That first hundred dollars, first thousand dollars you earn, it's some of the hardest money you'll ever earn. And the same goes for finding your first clients. How do you go from zero to finding your first client, your first handful of clients? I know that I felt like it was quite a mystery. I had no idea where to start. Now, with my first business, I'd overcome this hurdle accidentally. I had a skill, people asked me to teach them, some word of mouth, then I had to find more customers eventually, but at that point, it was already much easier because I'd gotten past that difficult stage of getting momentum from zero. But on the other hand, with my online business, I didn't have that happy accident. I had no experience to show my prospective clients, no way to prove that I knew what I was doing, no results, no examples, no reviews or testimonials. And I had no idea how to overcome that. But I knew that was what needed to happen. If I was going to succeed with my online business, then I needed to find those first customers. So I started working on it. But none of the first things that I did work, and they didn't even help me very much. Although, slowly, they did start to help me make some very slow progress. So let me share a few of those things with you. Now, I want you to know that the point of me sharing these things isn't just to give you a list of things that don't work so you shouldn't try them. It's to give you some context for what I'm going to tell you in a few minutes about what did work, because those things aren't going to make very much sense if you don't understand what I'd already tried. So one thing I tried that didn't work for getting clients was doing pro bono work working for clients for free now this can definitely get you somewhere it can be helpful but in my case I wasn't going about it very strategically so I was just doing so much work for nothing and quickly learning that free clients are the hardest clients that you will ever work for what I was hoping for was that I would get referrals through this client process that these free clients would then hire me for other projects or refer me to their friends or peers but that didn't happen at all probably because they weren't that satisfied with the work that I did for them because again they were free clients and free clients just tend to be more difficult. However doing this free work did help me in some ways. First of all it quickly taught me what I did not like doing. There are many aspects of service work that are just not very well suited to my personality. I do a lot better as a teacher when I'm able to research and then experiment and learn things and then share them with others. It's just much better suited to my personality. So I quickly learned that service work was really difficult for me. Another thing was that I learned how much time different things re- Really took, which helped me to make much better estimates on how much I needed to charge for the work to be worth it. When I first started trying to have paying clients, my rates were really low and I thought I would be happy to do the work for these rates because I want to be earning some money. But through working for these free clients and also for some clients for very little money, I just realized how incredibly time consuming different parts of the service work I was doing and that I would have to charge more for it to make any sort of financial sense. Another thing that I learned through the free work that was helpful was that I did get some testimonials and references, which started to create a little bit of credibility for me, so I started to get a little bit of traction. Another thing that didn't really help was networking. I spent a lot of time networking online, trying to make connections, trying to uh, network with prospective clients, but it didn't result in any clients, at least not directly, and it was very time-consuming. However, that being said, networking did help a little bit with starting to get traction. First of all, it paved the way for some collaborations and some visibility. I went from being an absolute nobody who had no connections with anyone to starting to develop a tiny bit of an audience, starting to get a little bit of visibility, which is absolutely essential for finding those first clients, because as I very often say, nobody can hire you unless they know you exist. The other thing that it did that was helpful was it was a very educational experience for me, because as I met others who were also working in related industries to what I was doing, I got to see what was working for them and how they were running their businesses. So even if they didn't turn into clients, I learned better how they were getting clients. The next thing, the third thing that didn't work was content marketing and social media marketing. Now, of course, these things can work, but they didn't work for me when I was starting from zero. My audience did not grow at all at first, and I didn't attract any clients at all. However, of course, there was, again, that silver lining. In this case, it really helped me to figure out what I was most interested in. Because I was creating content, I was talking about different topics, and just exploring those different topics helped me to figure out what I was actually more interested in talking about and thinking about and doing. Another way that content marketing and social media marketing helped was by improving my skills at content creation, my skills at design, my skills at marketing, and also the quality with which I worked. Because the more experience I got, the more I practiced, the more I became self-aware, the more I was able to discern the differences in quality. And that gave me a better eye for design and the experience that I needed to be able to do better quality work. And then finally, and this is kind of an obvious one, but it helped me learn how to make better content. So through that trial and error process, through all the practicing, I gradually made better and better content. Like I said, this is obvious, but it was really helpful because as my content got better and better, slowly content marketing did start working for me. And eventually it caused my audience to explode and gave my business an enormous amount of visibility. And then finally, the last thing that didn't work was DMing strangers. So do we call this cold calling? I wasn't calling anyone. I was cold DMing. Well, anyway, I gave it a try. It didn't work for me. Honestly, I don't think it almost ever works unless you have a great in, a great pitch, a really great product, at least one of those things, probably all three. And I didn't really have any of them because I didn't have any sort of in or connection. I didn't have a great pitch. I had no idea how to pitch. And I didn't have an especially amazing product that I could prove was amazing. And so the little bit of cold DMing I did created no results at all. So now that you've got the context and you understand what I was trying and what wasn't working, let's talk about how I finally did get my first customers. Well, first of all, I got a handful of bad customers. So technically these were my first customers, but it wasn't at this point that things really started to take off or succeed in any way. This didn't really create the traction. My business didn't start to grow at this point because when I say bad customers, the way that I got these customers was by over-promising and undercharging. So mostly I was doing service work here and I would create these service packages where I promised the moon and then I made it really, really cheap. And I got a few people to bite it was really hard but I got a few people to say yes to this and to hire me as you can imagine it was terrible I was making very 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 little per hour those were not great clients to work for similar to the free clients they were the really needy sort of clients who ask a million questions and want a million revisions and are never satisfied and so I was really unhappy and dissatisfied with this and I knew something had to change I also, in addition to the service work, I sold a few online courses this way, also not a great situation, where I made a really big, substantial course was it a great course probably not but it was a really big course that I put a lot of time into and then I sold it at first I tried to sell for high price that didn't work so then I lowered the price a lot finally sold it to a few people who again they were kind of looking at the bottom of the barrel they were looking for a deal and so they weren't really going to be satisfied with whatever they got okay can I get really real with you about something for a minute here I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks you should be able to learn how to grow your business without spending thousands of dollars on bloated training. Seriously, there's no reason it needs to be as expensive as a lot of online courses are. That's why I don't offer really pricey coaching. I want to teach real people how to build really profitable businesses at a price that actually makes sense. So I asked myself. How can I connect with you in a really personal way, teach you everything you need to know to grow your business and help you actually do it? And how can I guarantee this won't cost an arm and a leg? Asking myself those questions four years ago is how I came up with the idea for Startup Society, the program I wish had existed when I was struggling to get my online business off the ground. So if you're a freelancer, a coach, or a course creator, and you want my guidance, plus the support of my own team to build your business, then Startup Society is for you. Just head to startupsociety.com to learn more and find out when enrollment next opens. I can't wait to meet you, show you the ropes, and guide you to start growing your business a whole lot faster. Startupsociety.com. Building an online business doesn't have to be so complicated. So, after I'd learned a lot of lessons about what didn't work and what I didn't want to do and what didn't make sense, I tried yet another thing. And I don't think that at this point I was that much more inspired necessarily. I was just trying different things until I found something that worked. And what it was that finally worked was doing live workshops. So, let me tell you the story of the live workshops and how they got me my first clients. So, way back at the beginning of 2018, I decided try something different. Stop trying to sell services. Stop trying to launch these big courses that aren't making me any money at all. And instead, let's just take a step back. Let's keep it casual. Let's make a small promise and just see if anyone's interested. Let's ask for a small commitment, not ask my customer to watch dozens of hours of video, but just to hang out with me for an hour and learn something. And let's not try to charge thousands of dollars for this let's have a small price that pairs appropriately with that small commitment and that small promise so that it's an easy yes so that's exactly what I did starting in January of 2018 Each month, I created and produced a live educational workshop. Every month, it was on a different topic. Every month, I charged about $30 a seat, and I shared the opportunity with my small audience in a really casual, easy sort of way. I just sent them a few emails telling them about the upcoming workshop, what I had planned, what they would learn, and how they could sign up. It was simple. I didn't overthink it, and I wasn't trying too hard. Now what this did was it allowed me to quickly test several ideas and see what my small growing audience was actually interested in, what topics I was most interested in, and which ones people actually signed up for. And that is exactly what I learned. I did this for about five months, producing about five different workshops, and I had anywhere between about 20 people and about 50 people sign up for each of them. This was huge because leading up to this point, I hadn't been able to get anybody to buy almost anything from me, whether it was a digital product or a service. I was working so hard to try to get a single sale, and no one was interested. But now that I was asking for so much less, And and listen carefully here because the lesson is not you should charge less. That's not the lesson at all. The point is that I made something small that I could take to market quickly and I could just see if people were interested. So I had this minimalist product that wasn't asking people for a huge commitment or for a lot of money. As soon as I finally got these customers, and not just, you know, those first handful of bad customers, but actually a good number, a healthy number of customers who were eagerly buying my products, it became so much easier to sell more products. My confidence really increased, obviously. No longer was I struggling or begging for the sale. Now I was just offering something and people were excited to buy it. Also, I had more data about what people actually wanted to buy since I'd seen what they were buying so I could create similar products, more, better, bigger products, related products. Also, I had existing customers who are more likely to buy again. And I had testimonials and reviews and case studies that I could share as part of the marketing for these products now. Now, teaching live workshops like this is definitely not the right strategy for every business. It's mostly just for people who want to sell courses, group programs, memberships, coaching, and other things like that. And it's probably not right for businesses that sell physical products or sell services. But the principles that made this work can apply to any business that's struggling to find its first customers. So I've come up with about seven principles here that really made the difference and made the strategy work so well. And you can apply these to any business. First of all, you need visibility. Nobody can buy your stuff if they don't know it exists. So one of the problems I was running into at first that made it so I couldn't get customers was that my audience was so small, like non-existent small. And when I say that, I mean, not just that I only had 300 followers on Instagram. I mean, even my personal network was just tiny i only had my family and a few friends and none of them none of them were people who might buy my products and that's really the most important thing it's not that you need thousands of followers it's that you need to know at least a few people who would actually be interested in what you're selling and those people you might find them through networking you might find them through content marketing or social media marketing you might run ads but somehow you have to connect with the people who will be interested in your products the second principle is that you should experiment. Your first few pitches, maybe your first dozens of pitches, are going to fall flat. You need to find the right words to say and the right people to say them to. And you'll likely need to test multiple product ideas or versions as well. And that can only happen through experimentation. And a lot of this is about the mindset. If you have a mindset of experimentation, then you'll hold things a little bit more loosely. It solves a lot of mindset issues like scarcity. Instead, you're just trying. You're just seeing what you can learn. You're just seeing what happens. And this gets rid of that desperate affect that you might have that really tends to push customers away. And it also really helps to reduce your stress because you're not so attached to the outcome. You're more enjoying the process the third principle is to not invest too much time effort money into any one unproven idea so as i just mentioned you're probably going to need to test multiple ideas or at least multiple versions of your product idea before you find the winner So you need to make sure that you don't invest too much time, money, or effort into any one idea because you're probably going to have to test several in order to find the winner. And so you need to do it quickly if you don't want this to take years and years and years. Now, that being said, principle number four is that quality matters. If you want people to buy from you again, to share your products with others, to tell other people about them, so In order to accomplish both those things, not invest too much time, money, effort, but also create a good quality product that your customers will enjoy and appreciate and want to talk about, you need to make sure that you are focusing on smaller products with smaller promises. So we want to go for quality here, not quantity or quality, not size when it comes to the product itself. Principle number five, easier said than done, but don't be too salesy. Don't try too hard. If you're interested in marketing at all, if you're interested in online business, it can be really tempting to listen to all the podcast episodes and read all the popular business books and get all sorts of ideas for marketing tactics and strategies and copywriting strategies to try to convince people to buy your product. But especially when you're first starting out and you don't yet have the confidence that comes from having plenty of people buy your products and you know that people want them, these tactics can end up biting you in the rear end and they can end up just making you sound desperate or too salesy like you're trying too hard and it really turns customers off. So I know I said easier said than done. The easiest way to do it, honestly, is first of all, to go into it with that experimental mindset so that you're not too attached to the outcome. And then second of all, just know that you really will be the most successful if you focus on being casual and authentic, talking like a human and telling the honest truth and that's not just about, you know, not lying or overinflating the promise of your product, it's also about telling it like it really is. Honesty is refreshing and it attracts customers. Principle number six is to seek to listen and understand when you do get feedback. When you're very first starting out, it's quite likely, almost certain, that you will not be getting any feedback. And people will tell you to listen to your audience and things like that. And you'll say, but I don't have an audience. You'll say, but they aren't saying anything. That's totally normal. But as soon as you start to get any feedback, and that can be as simple as people not buying your product when you offer it to them. It can be as simple as people visiting your website but not clicking on something. It also can be emails that land in your inbox or people choosing to purchase something or people choosing to sign up for a certain thing on your website. All of those little points of data, those are things that you can listen to and understand and you want to make it your priority to listen and understand so that you can learn what your customers really want. Now, of course, you as the leader in your business, you have to step up and make those decisions about what you want to sell, but as far as the nuances go of what your audience wants and what will make it more valuable to them, you have to listen to that if you want them to in fact purchase your products. And finally, principle number seven is that this entire process is much more about learning what works than it is about the direct result you're trying to create. So for example, if you're trying to sell a product, you might think that how you'll judge your success is by whether or not you successfully make the sales or by how many sales you make. But in fact, what matters so much more here is what you learn through the process. It's not just about the number of sales you make at all. In fact, that's one of the least important parts. It's about Of the number of people who you offered it to, what percentage of them bought? What percentage of them didn't buy? What sort of feedback did you get in your email inbox or in your DMs on Instagram or in the comments on your Instagram post? Which posts on Instagram did people respond to with comments or not? Did people click on your sales page but then not check out Or did they not even click on your sales page in the first place? Again, all those things are data points that you can listen to. And you have to remember that those are the entire point of the process. They're the entire point of the exercise when you are first trying to get your first customers yes once you finally get your first customers things will get a lot easier and so your end goal here is to get your first customers but how you will successfully do that isn't by trying really hard to get your first sales it is by experimenting trying different things and keeping open ears throughout the entire process I hope that you guys enjoyed this and found it helpful. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode and I'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. So I'll talk to you then.